Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome, fellow Lions fans. I'm Jimmy Liao, University of Michigan Medical School graduate. Happy we beat Ohio State, but unfortunately, Thanksgiving wasn't that great. I did have a great Thanksgiving feast after the game, which put me right to sleep. And unfortunately, it looked like the Lions ate their Thanksgiving feast before the game. Today, I'm going to talk about the Packers game recap. Anzalone, David Montgomery, Frank Ragnow. Also give updates on Jonah Jackson, Hendon Hooker. Do a week 13 Saints injury report. They had a bunch of things going on. So we'll do all that next. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. All right, Packers game recap. Main thing coming out of the game is Alex Anzalone. Hurt his left hand or thumb at the very end of the game, end of the fourth quarter. There was really only one defensive play after that, which he missed. He did not return to the game after he went down with that injury. It didn't look like the injury occurred on the play that he went down. I reviewed all his snaps from the second half of the game. Did not find any moment of injury, although there was a play a few plays earlier during the series where it looked like he might have gotten his left hand caught on the tackle and maybe could have injured his thumb at that moment. So what are the things that could be going on here? A fracture is not out of the question. He's probably got an x-rays and MRIs at this point. I'm assuming if there was a fracture, we would have heard something. John Kuminski last year missed three games with a thumb fracture. Other possibilities would be a UCL ligament spraying of the left thumb. That's something that's fairly common, also called a skier's thumb or a gamekeeper thumb. Stafford has had a couple of these in his career, including earlier this year, where he missed one game for. So it's something you can play through, but depending on the severity, might cause him to miss some games. Now, Alex Anzalone also had a pregnancy update. He had a nice article he released today, which is Monday, describing the pregnancies he's had over the past couple years with his wife. This is his third pregnancy right now. His second pregnancy was a miscarriage, which he wrote about during the article. Miscarriages are unfortunately very common with pregnancies. They occur at about about a 15 to 20% rate. Many people, when they have a miscarriage, consider that as a lost child, just like a child of any age. 
And it's a very traumatic thing. It's a very difficult thing to go through. So Alex really talked about during that in the article and talked about the trauma that he had to deal with. Now, the key thing to know about miscarriage is there is a chance that increases risk for future miscarriages. So the chances over 20% risk after a single miscarriage of a future miscarriage. So it's great news that his wife has gone through the third pregnancy, apparently healthy and happy, and there are no issues with this pregnancy. Now, previously on the last podcast, I talked about possibly the due date being November the 30th, and he might have had an induction a few days earlier. Upon further review, it looks like November 30th was actually possibly his induction date because in his article, he mentions that November 30th is is when he plans on delivering the baby. So I'm guessing that's actually his induction date or maybe even a plan C-section. But I would expect that baby to come November 30th at the worst the day after that. Now, the Saints game is three days after November 30th. There will be minimal risk of him missing the game due to uh, baby not being delivered yet. Inductions are very reliable. Should be able to get that baby delivered within 24 hours without a problem. Unfortunately, it looks like he's going to miss the game anyway because of the left hand or left thumb issue. Next, let's talk about David Montgomery, who had a right lower ankle sprain. He taped it up and continued playing. No major issues there. A lower ankle sprain is a much better injury to have than a high ankle sprain. Players can play through it without too much problem. David Montgomery has had 12, 12, and 15 carries the past three games. Nothing like the high usage he had earlier in the year. I would expect his carries to be about the same in the Saints game, somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. Now, Frank Ragnar in the second quarter got rolled up on, missed one play but played the rest of the game without any obvious disability. Getting rolled up on frequently can cause high ankle sprains. I reviewed the video. It was obscured, so really don't know what's going on with him. It could be a knee sprain, could be a PCL sprain, could be just a simple contusion, or it could be a high ankle sprain like I mentioned. So we'll have to see what shows up on the Wednesday injury report for him. Ali McNeil in the first quarter got hit hard on the side of the head by Jack Campbell. He went in for a concussion of Val and and apparently passed that without a problem. He played the rest of the game. Sometimes you can't have delayed concussion symptoms, though, so we'll just keep an eye on that on the Wednesday report. Now, this is Monday evening. Uh, Earlier today, Dan Campbell had his press conference, and he gave an update on a couple of these issues. He talked about Alex Anzalone likely missing some time with his injury. He also made an interesting remark about Jonah Jackson. Now, to refresh, Jonah Jackson has missed the past two games with a wrist injury. Don't know exactly the details of the injury. Now, Dan Campbell, his quote during the presser today was, I assume Jonah's not playing until he tells me he's playing. This is sort of an interesting way to phrase things. He's he's really putting the onus on Jonah at this point to whether it's up to him to play or not. So this tells me a couple of things. First of all, it tells me this is unlikely anything long-term, nothing surgical, no fracture, not a Joe Burrow situation where he needs a surgical operation to fix it. This point is probably just a pain limitation and disability issue. The wrist is a highly complex joint. You have eight wrist bones called the carpal bones. 
Attached to that are five hand bones called the metacarpals. You also have two forearm bones attaching into the wrist joint area. So in total, you have 15 bones comprising this wrist joint. It's very complex, and you have a bunch of ligaments connecting all those bones together. Any one of those ligaments can be sprained and cause disability. For comparison, the knee only has four bones, if you count the patella. On Twitter, at Aris Mukala asked a good question, could he wear a club to protect the wrist and play through it? Well, we did see Kulminski last year playing through a thumb fracture after missing three games. He came back with a cast, looked like a thumb spike cast. Now, a wrist injury would have a similar type cast. It's a cast that would have to encompass the hand, the wrist, and halfway up the forearm. So it's a pretty significant cast that Jonah would have to wear. I don't recall an offensive lineman ever wearing that cast and playing through it. If anybody out there has, let me know. Now, it's easier for a defensive player, a defensive lineman to play through a wrist injury than an offensive lineman because the offensive line, every play, they have to grab, they have to twist with their hands and their wrist. So it's not going to be an easy injury to play through if there's any discomfort. We certainly missed Jonah Jackson in the Packer game. Uh, Jeff Risden had a nice article describing the difficulties our backup offensive guards had in that game. So hopefully we can get Jonah Jackson back soon. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Another thing I'd like to talk about with Dan Campbell's quote was, it does make you wonder if there could be a contract issue with Jonah Jackson. He's on the last year of his deal... Potentially behind the scenes, he's negotiating an extension. Could we see possibly a player sitting out an extra long time just to make sure he's 100% instead of trying to play through an injury during a contract year? It's possible. We sort of saw this with Kenny Galladay, his last year of his contract, where he had a hip flexor strain he missed over two months for maybe a lot longer than he really should have missed. So there are always questions that could be going on behind the scenes in that contract year. Now, for the, from the Lions' standpoint, could this possibly affect re-signing him and what kind of contract we want to give him or if we want to extend him at all? With any kind of wrist injury, there does carry some risk with certain types of sprains or fractures of arthritic issues. So that's something I'm sure the Lions are... Talking to the doctors about, is there an arthritic issue that could pop up in the near future that could affect Jonah Jackson's long-term career prospects? And this could absolutely affect whether we would want to assign him and how much we want to give him. Now, Dan Campbell also mentioned Hendon Hooker, saying that he's likely to get on the practice field this week. That means they're opening up the 21-day practice window. Now, he had an ACL on November 19, 2022, which is over 12 months ago. From an injury standpoint, he's been good to go for weeks. For comparison, Kyler Murray, 
and JMO both came back at 11 months, and they used their legs much more than Hen and Hooker would. Bring him back onto the practice field or on the roster is purely a roster management issue at this point. I thought they might wait until three weeks left in the season to bring him back onto the practice field. However, if they're bringing him back now, it suggests that they're going to have a roster spot available for him after the three-week practice window is over. Now, let's talk about the Saints injury issues. They went down with a bunch of injuries during their game against the Falcons. Let's look at their top receivers of this year. Chris Olave, 63 receptions. He went down with a concussion. What's the likelihood he could return? It's a decent chance he could be back for the Lions game. For a comparison, last year I charted between six and eight Lions concussions. A couple of those were unofficial, but on video it looked like there was something going on. Five of the Lions returned in one week without missing a game, so over 50%. Now, Six Score, which is run by Dr. David Chow, has been charting concussions this year. And according to their information, they have people returning at a 22% rate within a week after a concussion. So there's still a decent chance we could see Chris Olave. The second leading receiver is Alvin Kamara for the Saints. He should be fine. The third receiver is Michael Thomas at 39 receptions this year. He's on IR, so he's out. Rashid Shaheed, their number four receiver this year, had a leg injury, a thigh injury, nothing long-term, but looks like he's very likely out. The number five receiver is Taysom Hill with 24 receptions. The number six receiver for the Saints is Jawan Johnson. He also left the game, went to the locker room with a concussion evaluation. So he very likely has a concussion as well. He might miss the game. I would expect Taysom Hill to have a pretty prominent role in the Lions game. The Lions have had trouble guarding against these running quarterbacks. So we might see a significant usage for Taysom Hill, both as a quarterback and as a receiver. Another injury note for the Saints is Cam Jordan. He left the game with an ankle injury. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. If you want to see videos of any of these injuries, go to my Twitter at JimmyLeoMD. Let's get back on track and beat the Saints. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! <laughs> You've had enough of that shit. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.